Welcome to Faith Seeking Understanding. My name is John Green, and I'm your host. And we are looking at the lessons from the Daily Lectionary from the Book of Common Prayer for Thursday, February the 25th. And the links to those lessons are below. And again, I'm going to encourage you, as always, to read those lessons uh, in conjunction with listening to the podcast because God speaks when you read, when you're immersing yourself in His Word. He will speak to you through that Word. So just pay attention. And I encourage you, in fact, to read it out loud. Many times when I've been in a service and I've read the gospel for myself, because in, in our tradition, other people would read the epistle and the Old Testament lesson, and then an ordained person would read the gospel. And I can't tell you how many times I've either, either heard somebody reading and heard something that I hadn't heard when I first looked at it and when I prepared for the sermon, or while I was reading the gospel, suddenly I became aware of something that I hadn't seen when I was preparing for it. So it's important to read the lessons. And, and like I said, to read them out loud because it slows you down and it makes sure that you're actually thinking through these things in order to read it well and to read it to yourself. And so I encourage you to do that before you even listen to the podcast um, because the Lord can speak. And, and it's wonderful when, when, he's, when you believe he's spoken to you and then you hear somebody else reflecting on those same things and you hear what them saying, what God had revealed to you, because it's a great encouragement to be in the Word when you, you're hearing from somebody else the things that God has revealed to you as you read those lessons. And so it's important, as I said yesterday, to stay and remain in the Word of God. So today we've got Deuteronomy, the end of Deuteronomy 9, uh, verse 23 through uh, the first five verses of chapter 10. And Moses is continuing to tell the story of what happened on Sinai and at Sinai around those 80 days or so that he spent on the mountain most of the time. And so he begins to continue this story and says, When the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying, Go up and take possession of the land that I've given you, then you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and did not believe him or obey his voice. Now, Kadesh Barnea, there's two different places there of unbelief and lack of faith. It's first the place where they fail to believe um, that they should enter the land when told to do so because they sent spies out and the spies came back and most of them gave a bad report of the land and only Joshua and Caleb said, let's go. We got this thing. And it was their confidence was based not in, in Israel's military might. They didn't have any. What, what it was based in was that God had given them the land. He had made the promise. And if he's telling them to go, then they will succeed in the mission God's given them. But the people failed and they wouldn't go up. And so they had to wait these 40 years in the wilderness rather than going in and possessing the land. And so the generation of the spies is not allowed to enter the land. Neither is Moses ultimately allowed to enter the land. But it's a lack of faith in God to do what he has promised. And then they had also failed there in another place at Kadesh Barnea when, when water was a problem for them, and they began to, to distrust Moses and to distrust God and to lose their faith that God would provide those things that were necessary for them. And so then he goes back, Moses does, he tells that little aside and then goes back to the story of the golden calf and says, I lay prostrate before the Lord for these 40 days and 40 nights. And then he goes on and he tells his prayer. He says, listen to what his prayer and his faith is based in, his confidence here. He says, I pray to the Lord, O Lord God, do not destroy your people. Here we go, back to that. 
and your heritage, whom you have redeemed through your greatness, who you brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't regard the stubbornness of this people or their wickedness or their sin. Let the land from which you, <coughs> lest the land from which you brought us say, this is Egypt that he's speaking of. And they would be saying, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land that he promised them, and because he hated them. He has brought them out to put them to death in the wilderness. He's, he's, he's appealing to God's own honor. You know, If you kill him here in the wilderness, then the people of Egypt are going to say, God wasn't able to do this. He hated those people. And then he brought them out into death in the wilderness. And that's kind of what the people would constantly say to Moses as well. If you brought us out here to kill us, we don't have any water, we don't have any food. Is this the reason we're here? Is so we'll be killed? We're not loved by God? He's not able to provide these things. And it's easy to get in that place when you're struggling one way or another. You can feel so alone and you can feel like God doesn't see me. God doesn't care about me. And he has to test us so that we pass through fire so that we can trust him and truly have faith like Abraham was tested even after 32 years, we believe, after the birth of Isaac. He's told to take him up onto the mountain, the same mountain, we believe, where the commandments are given. And so Moses is appealing to the honor of God, and at this time it's a little different what God says. He says, okay, do this. Go get cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first. The first time God just gave them to him the tablets. He didn't have to do it themselves. And he says, make an ark of wood, and then I'll write the same words that are on the first tablets that you broke, <laughs> and then you're to put them in the ark and keep them forever. And so he does. Moses says, I did all those things. And so turn around, he points. Apparently at one point he points and says, he wrote that on those two tablets, and they're right there. <laughs> there they are, as the Lord commanded me. And so that, that this is all a reflection on their unbelief and reminding them that their unbelief cost them 40 years in the wilderness. And it can cost us 40 years in the wilderness, too, because we're called to faith. And so we're not sure in the gospel lesson, which is John 3, 16 to 21, whether this is spoken to Nicodemus or whether it's something Jesus is speaking to the disciples later, um, because he kind of ended with this whole issue of belief and, and having eternal life based on belief. And so it's kind of reiterated in John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And when I, every time I read that passage, I always think of um, the guy, Rollin, whatever his last name was, who, who used to wear that crazy rainbow wig and carry a sign around at major sporting events that would say John 3.16. And, and, but I've seen statistics on how many people actually know what that verse says or even what it means. And so we, we just say John 3.16 is a shorthand for something that sometimes we no longer even know what we're talking about. And again, I think that goes back to Genesis as well. That language does that you will not perish but have everlasting life. And so perishing and death have to do with this idea of, um, of no longer being in the presence of God. There's no life if you're not in the presence of God. And, and one of the things that I love about Anglicanism is, is, believe it or not, in our funeral service, we, we make the statement, oh, we go down to the grave, yet we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. It's a song of defiance 
to say death is not the final word, and the author of death is not the final word. He has not won the game because of Jesus. This one who believes, and we who walk here in belief, even though we're in the midst of grief, we make our song, Alleluia, 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 because we know it's not the final word. It's not over. This is not the end. That person may have perished from the earth, but they have eternal life because they believe in Jesus. And so Jesus says, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. And then he goes on to say, talk about light and darkness. And he says, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it might be clear that his works have been carried out in God. And so, the, again, it, it faith and works have to go together, just like James said they did, that you can't show me your faith without showing me the works that attend that faith. And so Jesus is, is coupling those as well, and he does all through the Gospels and everything that he taught. He couples faith and works all the time. Don't just believe, but believe and do. And so he, he always makes those two things contingent upon one another. And, and here he's talking about how do we have life? We have it in belief, in the name of the Son of, only Son of God. And it's important that we continue and persevere in that belief, just like the writer of Hebrews told us yesterday, and just like Moses is trying to tell these people, continue, continue in belief. Remember, don't forget. And continuing in belief means continuing in Him, abiding in Him, is what Jesus said all through the book of John, that the important thing for us to do is to abide in Him, and we do that through, through the Word of God, the worship of God, the work of God, and spending time with him in prayer. And so those things are all important parts of how we abide in him. And then the final lesson for today is Hebrews 4, 1 to 10. And, and it couldn't be any clearer there. He speaks of, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest, God's rest, still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard didn't benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest. As he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest and so we're speaking about God's Sabbath rest, is, is this rest that, that the writer of Hebrews is speaking of. And he invites us to enter into his rest, which is that Sabbath rest. And, and, and I think we probably have very little notion of that because we don't tend to keep Sabbath in the same way, in spite of the fact that it's one of the Ten Commandments. And so I think we all need to give some thought to how do we keep that Sabbath rest and how do we say no to all the pulls and tugs on us to avoid keeping that Sabbath. It's important, I believe, for us to remember that. If we'd like to enter his rest, well, we can get a foretaste of it every single week if we choose to do that. And so we're asking God and we're trusting in faith. It's the whole point behind the closing on Sunday for Chick-fil-A, for instance. It's they're saying we're trusting God that if we're not open on that day that he'll provide. And wow, what a success that strategy has been. So maybe, just maybe, we should give some thought to that too. We should, we should rest in Him. It's one of the ways we can abide in Him is if we keep 
a Sabbath, if we do indeed rest from our labors on a weekly basis and, and abide in Him on that day, maybe there's something we can gain from that, and maybe there's something that would change our lives in different ways. So let's pray. This is from Psalm 50. The Lord, the God of gods, has spoken. He has called the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Who all... Whoever offers me the sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. But to those who keep in my way will I show the salvation of God.